everybody. It's Nathaniel Avila reporting from San Antonio, and I'm here with Jessica Vega reporting from other side of San Antonio. How are you, how are you doing? Well, I'm okay. I'll try to not make this episode such a downer. Okay, you do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, God. I already told you. Did you tell me that you love me? <laughs> I love you, Nathaniel. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Yarg. Battery. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. What are we talking about today? What are, what are we in? What are we talking about today? Well, we are a true crime podcast. Um, and today, our topic is going to be the, uh, the riots uh, at the Capitol. Yep, the riots at the Capitol that happened just a couple weeks ago. But there is a lot of information on it. Where were you when this happened? Well, I believe I was working when all this was going down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we were hearing about it while we were working. That's it? So that's where I was. Yeah. Okay. And you? Where were you? Um, I do not remember. Nice. That's great. Perfect. And that's it. Yep. Okay. Moving on. Yep. Today we're talking about the 2021 uh, Capitol riots. And uh, what what is your opinion on this whole situation? When I heard about it, um, I thought right away domestic terrorism. That's mm-hmm. exactly what it sounded like. Um, I don't understand what these people were thinking, what they were trying to accomplish, but it just seemed to make everything worse for them than I, I guess they wanted the opposite. I don't know. I mean, obviously we have seen things and people are getting arrested for um, for this because I it could have gone a whole lot worse than it did. Really? But, um, yeah, it's, so? it's just terrible. How could it have gone worse? Well, for the pictures that I saw with people that were carrying around, like, um, were those zip ties? Yeah. Zip ties, they were in the, where the Senate meets to do votes and stuff like that. And it looked like they were looking for people. So if those people would have been in there, who knows what would have happened? Mm-hmm. Well, they were looking for Pence. They wanted to hang him. And they were looking for Pelosi, and they were looking for Ocasio-Cortez and a bunch of other people. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So let's 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 get into the, the meat and gritty of it. Are you ready? Ready. Okay. So the storming of the U.S. Capitol was a riot and violent attack on the 117th United States Congress in the United States Capitol on January 6, 2021. So let's 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 get started on on what this whole thing is. So, <clears throat> while there have been other instances of violence at the Capitol in the 19th and 20th centuries, the event was the most severe assault since 1914 burning of Washington by the British army in the War of 1812. On in the November 3rd, 2020 presidential election, Democratic candidate Joe Biden 
defeated the incumbent Republican President Donald Trump. In both the popular votes, Biden received 1.3 million votes uh, to Trump's 47.2 million. And the Electoral College vote, Biden won 306 to 232. So the results became clear four days after the election day, after the vote had been tallied. Before, during, and after the counting of the votes, Trump and other Republicans attempted to overturn the election, falsely claiming widespread voter fraud in five swing states that Biden won. Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. These attempts to overturn the election have been characterized by the sum as an attempted coup d'etat and an implication of the big lie. So, what do you think about that whole thing? I think it's terrible. I think the fact that he can't accept that he loses, and it's not just this. I hear that this is just how he is, period. Mm. Like, there is no losing in Trump's world at all. And if he does, no, it didn't happen. Something happened. It was rigged. It was rigged. I didn't lose. But he did lose, obviously. But he did. He did lose. And a lot of those companies, I think I remember hearing a couple of the companies are filing, um, what are those lawsuits called? Defamement? yeah because it made their companies look bad like their companies aren't legit enough to do their job appropriately Mm -hmm. or right but anyways that was conducted by chavez's ghost (laughs) or something like that i think i think chavez was put in there for some some reason even though he was dead for three years what yeah uh okay so after the election trump wedged waged a 77-day campaign to subvert the election, first through legal challenges, and then, once those failed, through the extra-legal effort. Although Trump's lawyers concluded within 10 days after the election that legal challenges to the election results had no factual basis or legal merit, Trump sought to overturn the results by filing at least 60 lawsuits, including two brought to the cons- brought to the Supreme Court that sought to nullify election certifications to void votes cast for Biden in each of the five states. These challenges were all rejected by the courts for lack of evidence or standing. So Trump then mounted a campaign to pressure Republican governors and secretaries of state and Republican-controlled state legislators to nullify results by replacing slates of Biden electors with those elected to Trump or manufacturing evidence of fraud which would likely uh, violate election tampering statutes enacted by the states, and demanding lawmakers investigate supposed election irregularities, such as conducting signature matches of mail-in ballots, uh, regardless of efforts already undertaken. Trump also personally inquired about invoking martial law to rerun or reverse the election, which would be illegal and unconstitutional and appointing a special counsel to find incidences of fraud, even though federal and state officials have concluded that such cases were very isolated or non-existent. Trump ultimately overtook neither step, undertook neither step. So now he's trying to do whatever he can to to do this. Um, So Congress has scheduled to meet on January 6, 2021 to count the results of the Electoral College vote. To certify the winner. Typically a ceremonial affair. 
Trump was had spent previous days suggesting that Vice President Mike Pence should stop Biden from being inaugurated, which is not within Pence's constitutional powers as Vice President and President of the Senate. Trump repeated this call in his rally speech in the morning on January 6th. On the same afternoon, Pence released a letter to Congress in which he said he would not challenge Biden's victory. So, what do you think about that? I mean, it's still the same for me. I think it's all dumb. Yeah, but that letter right there is what put Pence on the hit list of of these people. Mm Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay, I feel like Pence... Even even though it still isn't in his power to do whatever Trump is asking him to do, I feel like he was at his his ends with with him already. Like, dude, dude, cut it out already! And I don't know. It just seemed like there was they butted heads towards the end of this whole thing, and Pence was just tired of it. It that's what it looked like from the outside, in my my perspective. Mm hmm. I can definitely see where you could come with that. Speaking of which, the I believe these uh, stimulus package passed. Hooray! Yeah. Today, like right now. Yeah. Hooray! What? Cool. Yeah. Because um, with no support from the Republicans. I thought there was a little bit of support, like just a little bit. I think there was zero support. <laughs> really? Yeah. I think because yeah, I think because fifty fifty Democrat there was there's a hundred seats in the Senate, and one hundred de- fifty Democrats voted yes, and one fifty de- uh, Republicans voted no, so there was a tie. But Harris broke the tie, so it passed anyway. So there goes that. Mm-hmm. So it looks like you're going to be looking for. Two thousand dollars, Jessica. Are you excited for that? I don't know. I don't know if that's what I'm gonna get. <clears throat> we'll see. Why not? Why don't you think you're gonna get it? Well, I don't know what if it's going off of last year's income or the year before or what or how this works. Um, because Lena is now eighteen, so I don't know how this works. No, it'll it'll go through. Uh, I think I believe it will count for dependents over the age of 16 okay yeah and i think sanders it's what it's 2000 is the bulk right but they're taking the 600 that you just got from for as december right december yeah and they're minusing that from this one over here so now it's 14 dollars 1400 right because that would have made it 2000 right total So is it what is it like fourteen hundred? I don't know what the what the breakdown of it is. It's two thousand, like that. I think I need to look more into it. Okay, but hey, man, that's cool. That's good. I know that was one of the biggest things that that was his like campaign thing. That's mm-hmm. do that as soon as they get in here. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will talk about the fact that he's had so many of those um, executive orders, things, executive orders, mm-hmm. executive things. What the fuck? <laughs> but I mean, I personally feel like he's 
had to do so many because he's had to re-go back and fix things that this freaking dude did while he was there for four years or yeah. didn't do while he was there for four years. Yeah, what he did was he reestablished DACA. He went he joined the Paris um the Paris Agreement. Was it no the Paris Treaty or the Paris instead Agreement? Instead of you know, instead of sitting on it for so much time before he actually got to it, he got in and got to it right away. Mm-hmm. And in order for you to take care of stuff right away, he had to do executive orders. Yeah. And like also like the thing is like a lot of the, the Republicans' criticisms on Biden was that he doesn't do anything. He hasn't done anything in the past forty seven years. And now that he's doing like all this stuff, it's like he's just doing too much. <laughs> see what I mean? Mm-hmm. You see you see the disconnect here? Yeah. Yeah. And also that's why that that uh, runoff in Georgia was so important because if we if we, that didn't go through then we wouldn't be able to have the treaty not the treaty the um stimulus package Ooh. let me look into it more I gotta break it down I gotta look at the breakdown okay we'll do that after the show so let's uh continue on red Mer- December 18th December 18th Merry Christmas um four days after the electoral college voted Trump called for his supporters to attend a rally before January 6th congressional vote count to continue his challenge of the validity of several states' election results. Uh, Trump tweeted, big protest in D.C. On January 6th, be there, will be wild. The march to save America and rally that preceded the riots at the Capitol were initially organized by Women for America First a 501c4 organization chaired by Emmy Kramer, co-founder of Women for Trump. So they obtained a permit with an estimated audience of 5,000. In late 2020 and early 2021, Kramer organized and spoke at a series of events across the country as part of a bus tour to encourage attendance at the January 6th rally and support Trump's effort to overturn the election result. Women for America... First invited its supporters to join a caravan of vehicles traveling to the event. Event management was carried out by event strategists, a company founded by by Tim Yunus, who worked for Trump's 2016 presidential campaign. Um, so my question for you is, what is it about Trump that these people are willing to do all this stuff for? I don't know. I don't know. I've said it before in other episodes. It to me is, it's like a cult. It's like cult behavior. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I was watching a video the other day and the lady was saying that she was countering a chick, a chick that was saying, where are all the Biden supporters now? Where are they? We were always out and supporting our president, but I don't see any Biden supporters now. So <clears throat> we are supporters, but we're, we, we voted him in office. He's doing a job. Mm-hmm. Trump was supposed to do that too. But the difference is, is they're his fans. We're not Biden's fans. We're people that elected him into office because we feel that he's got what it takes to take care of this country, not a star that we want to come in and <clears throat> maybe take care of the country. No. 
Mm-hmm. No. Right. A rich guy that has no idea what the hell he's doing. Right. And we did talk about <clears throat> cults of personalities before, which are not cults, cults that are like religious e on the yeah, surface, but like cults of personality where it's basically the uh the entire cult revolves around the opinions and actions of a singular person. Um, which in this case is Trump. And we did talk about that before in our Choi Balsan episode when we discussed through his <laughs> cult of personality um, during 1940s Mongolia. So if he's sharing these characteristics with a dictator who's killed a bunch of people, then that something's not right. And he did, te and technically Trump did kill a lot of people too. Yeah, if you he... want didn't take this thing seriously and then when he and, he and he even got it and he still didn't take it seriously left the hospital after three days like yeah he admitted on tape that he knew that it was serious but he intentionally didn't take it seriously in public and because of that there's so many people out there walking around stating, I don't have to wear my mask. It's against my rights. Da, 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 da. They're trying to take away my rights. I don't know how many times I've heard that. And I've heard, you know, all the people that are upset that he's being um, kind of canceled on Twitter and other social media places. And they say that they're, how is that not infringing on our, our freedom of speech? You know, yeah. when you incite violence and you bring on what happened, encourage violence. That's 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 when there's a line drawn. Mm -hmm. These are pub. These are companies that are public, but they're also their platform, their rules. Mm -hmm. You break their rules, and this is what happens. All right. It's just people yeah. are just. Yeah, I know. Like if like the the First Amendment. Most specifically, the freedom of speech aspect is implies that um, you are allowed to say whatever you want. Mm -hmm. But that does not mean that other people cannot react to what is, whatever you say, like in stride. Mm -hmm. The freedom of speech does not include freedom of consequences. Exactly. And I don't think people understand that. People think they can just say whatever the hell you want. And that's that's okay, and nothing's gonna happen because that's my right. But as you said, like, no, mm -hmm. yes, you can say whatever you want, but that doesn't mean that there isn't gonna be, like you said, right? Like, if you do, if you say bad things or unpopular things in a private establishment, then they can make you leave mm -hmm. because it is their establishment, and they can make you leave. And if you do say these things like on a public street or a public park, the then odd. Well, I mean, the police can't come in and take you anywhere, but other people, other civilians, can have the freedom to combat that as well. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, January second, Trump retweeted a post by Kramer promoting a January sixth rally adding that he would be there. From that point, although Kramer still held the permit, planning essentially passed to the White House. According to New York Times, Trump discussed the speaking lineup 
And the music to be played at the event. There's music played. I wonder who played. I'm wondering what group okayed their music to be played. Um, that Wallace guy who said the N-word recently. Oh, I, I bet. I bet. I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, like, okay, so according to New York Times... Trump discussed the speaking lineup. Okay, yeah. So although the initial plan of the rally called for people to remain at the ellipse until the counting of the electoral slates was complete, the White House said that they should march to the Capitol as Trump repeatedly urged during his speech. So, Ali Alexander, a right-wing political activist who took part in the act organizing of the rally, had expressed support for storming as completely peaceful uh, was reported as saying in December that representatives Paul Gassar, A.D. Biggs, and Mo Brooks were involved in the planning of something big where, where the four guys who came up with the January 6th event. He said, according to Alexander, it was to build momentum and pressure and then on the day change hearts and minds of Congress peoples who weren't who weren't yet decided or saw everyone outside and said, I can't be on the other side of that mob. He re his remarks received more scrutiny after the events of January 6th, causing Biggs to respond to the statement denying any relationship with Alexander. So the Washington Post wrote that videos and posts revealed earlier connections between Alexander and the three members of Congress. So let's let's watch um, the video where he, he said that. So. But before we do, I want to go ahead and say our press conference was preempted this morning by a speech from the uh, GOP majority leader, Mitch McConnell. I want to read a little bit about what he said since his comments are going viral. Let's let ours. Six weeks ago, Americans voted in this year's general election. The legal and constitutional process has continued to play out since then. Yesterday, electors met in all 50 states so that this morning our country has officially a president-elect and a vice president-elect. Many of us had hoped that the presidential election would yield a different result, but our system of government has processes to determine who will be sworn in January 20th. The Electoral College has spoken. So today, he went on, he wanted to congratulate, and he called him uh, uh, president-elect Joe Biden. My comments are simple. Majority leader, the constitutional process has not been exhausted. We have January 6th. In fact, you play a role in that. And we know that there's going to be a debate of the two chambers. And so I would like for the GOP senators to join Congressman Mo Brooks. We're here to break news that we're doing our own whip count. We have seven members of the House and the Republican caucus that are willing to stand with Mo Brooks so far. They're currently circulating a letter. We are targeting over 100 of them that signed on to the amicus brief in the Texas case. We think that this president is going to have a hundred members in the House supporting, objecting to the House certification on January 6th. So what we're looking for and why we're doing this press conference today is we are calling on the majority, the GOP Senate majority, which we hope that they keep through these two Georgia Senate races, we are calling on at least one senator to join them. So a lot of people are asking, what is phase two, what is phase three of Stop the Steal in your coalition? You have millions of supporters. This is it. We are going to target the GOP senators, and we will primary the ones that don't stand with us, and we will celebrate the ones that do stand with the voters. Again, we want to exhaust all constitutional options because this is about voting rights. 
This is about civil rights. And if we are to believe that we are self-governing people, it's also about natural rights. Uh, a couple other senators that we definitely got to point out some awful things that they said. Yesterday, Senator John Thune said, it's an opportunity for people to vent and protest, but in the end, we have a clear way of determining our president. Again, is Senator Thune not familiar with the process? The House and the Senate must certify the Electoral College. If not, Joe Biden doesn't have to participate in that process. We kept hearing that Joe Biden was president before the, the gathering on Monday. Then why did he participate? in the contest on Monday. We are being gaslit. This is a psychological operation on the American people and patriots are standing up to say enough of this. Yep. Patriots. Shut up. What do you think about that? You know they're trying to make a Patriots party unless they already have. I think they already have. Really? The Patriots yeah. party. You know... Anything, uh, if any other person I believe, like other third parties, like the Libertarians and the and the Green parties, those 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 people don't have a chance because they their following is so small. Yeah. But the if if Trump did succeed in making this Patriot Party, I do think there is like a huge amount for them to have like a real presence in the political sphere, and. I think I don't even know if he's trying. I I do know that the people are trying. Yeah. I think it's already kind of a thing. Yeah. It, but if like all of his all of his supporters, like, disavow the GOP because I know a lot of them are mad at the GOP because they didn't he they didn't do enough, and move on to this this new thing where Trump is the almighty leader. Oh, it's called then, MAGA Patriot Party. Oh, even <laughs> I think I don't know. Anyways, but yeah, like something like that, like would definitely have this huge impact in the political sphere, with that big, like that big amount of people like supporting them, which would definitely put them on a on the ballot statewide, and and definitely put them in like debates and stuff. Whoever's running. Mm-hmm. Um. But what did you think about that that video with this Ali Alexander dude? I don't know. I just I don't. He's just like he just feel, for to me feels like he's one of his followers. He is one of his followers, obviously. Yeah, like heavily one of his followers, and it didn't matter what happened. It didn't matter what anybody was gonna say. If the if the vote was gonna go an opposite way, didn't matter who it was for. If it was just as long as it if it wasn't for Biden, this would have happened. Mm-hmm. It was a steal, no matter what. Oh yeah. I mean, not, I mean Trump. If if it wasn't him, then it was a steal. If right. he doesn't win. Yeah, absolutely. And he keeps on mentioning this thing about the process. He keeps on talking about the process. What do you think the process is? The process is is exactly what happened. I don't understand. I think if he he thinks that because people were announcing it early that people were just assuming that he was going to win, but that's not the case. I mean, the numbers were speaking for people saying the things that they were saying. Yeah, it was already called at this point. Um, the media already called it. This was on December fifteenth, by the way. So I, I think he's referring to the fact that the electoral college hadn't like pff, nailed it down. Yeah, the Electoral College had not ratified 
the election, but it it is insanely. Um, it's just a ceremonial thing. It's just a ceremonial thing. It's not like this thing that you can like contest against or whatever. It's it's merely ceremonial. Um, like I know that you can object to the electoral votes and then you get to debate for two hours and waste everyone's time. Um, but regardless, it's gonna it's gonna happen. All they're gonna do is just count the votes that we already counted. That's all they do. So, uh, let's continue. So the rioters openly plan to disrupt the counting of the electoral college ballots. For several weeks prior to the event and called for violence against Congress, Pence, and law enforcement. So plans were coordinated on alt-tech platforms distinct from low, larger social media platforms such as Reddit or Twitter, which had implemented bans to censor violent language and images. Websites such as thedonald.win, um, social networking service, uh, Parler, remember that thing, chat app, uh, Telegram, Gab, and others were used to discuss previous Trump rallies and made plans for storming the Capitol. So, many of the posters... Huh? They're so dumb. Mm. So, many of the posters planned for violence prior to the event with some individuals discussing how to avoid police on the streets, which tools to bring to help pry open doors, and how to smuggle weapons into D.C. There was also discussion of their perceived need to attack law enforcement. Following clashes with D.C. police during protests on December 12th, 2020, the Proud Boys and other far-right groups turned against supporting law enforcement. At one group, Stop the Steal, posted on December 23rd, 2020, Merry Christmas, its plans to occupy the Capitol with promises to escalate if met with opposition from law enforcement. Discussions on multiple sites talked very graphically and explicitly about war physically taking charge of the event and killing killing politicians including a request for opinions about which politician should be hung first with a gift of a noose yeah see all that stuff that how is that american how is that okay mm. i don't understand how these people think talking about these things and speaking about these things make it american and make it a way to make this country better. I don't understand. Mm -hmm. And another thing, like, this also shows that they, this was not um, a preemptive, it was not like a, a thing that just happened. It, it wasn't like no. a thing where emotions got too high and it just mm -hmm. like happened at the heat of the moment. This was deliberately planned. And also, these people are also very, like, they constantly call themselves, like, Oh, I, uh, uh, I back the blue, blue lives matter type thing. And here they are talking about, you know, attacking police officers. So, mm -hmm. and it also goes to show you that it had nothing to do with supporting law enforcement. It was just to go against the BLM. Um, yep. so one of the comments cited on the FBI memo declared Trump supporters should go to Washington and get violent. Stop calling this a march or a rally or a protest. Go there ready for war. Get our president or we die. Yeah. 
it is our duty as Americans to fight, kill, and die for our rights. Our rights to fight and kill. <laughs> so stupid. I don't know what rights Against are your own people? Like, how fucking dumb is that? Hmm. Ugh. I don't know what rights they're talking about. Um, I don't either. Yeah. So... Organizations that officially participated in the event include Black Conservatives Fund, 80% Coalition, Moms for America, Peacefully Gather, yeah. <laughs> um, right. Phyllis Shafley Eagles, Rule of Law, Defense Fund, Stop the Steal, Turning Point Action, all oh, those guys, Tea Party Patriots, Women for America First, and WildProtest.com. So Rule of Law Defense Fund, which is a 501c4 arm of the Republican Attorneys General Association, also paid for robocalls to invite people to march to the Capitol building and call on Congress to stop the steal. Conspiracy theorist Alex Jones, yay. Media company paid, (laughs) Jones's media company paid $500,000 to book the ellipse for the event. Of which three hundred thousand was donated to pu- by Publix heiress and prominent Trump donor Julie Jenkins Fincelli. Wait, Publix is it? It's a employee owned American. Ah, man. Well, good thing I stopped shopping there. <laughs> Jones. If you don't know what Publix is, Publix is is a is a restaurant chain that is uh, located in Florida. It's like H- the H E B of Florida. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, okay, so Jones claimed that uh, the Trump White House asked him to lead the march to the Capitol. So Charlie Kirk said on Twitter that its political action committee, Turning Point Action and Students for Trump, had sent over 80 buses to the Capitol. Roger Stone recorded a video for Stop the Steel Security Project to raise funds for staging the transportation and, most importantly, the security of the event. Other people attempted to raise funds in December via GoFundMe to help pay for transportation to the rally with limited success. Uh, An investigation by BuzzFeed uh, identified more than a dozen fundraisers to pay for travel to the planned rally. GoFundMe subsequently deactivated several of the campaigns after the riot, but some campaigns had already raised part or all of their fundraising goals prior to the day activation. Um... So there goes that. How many of the how many of these people do you think actually believe in this and isn't just following the crowd? I don't know. I'm. I want to believe that a lot of these people were just a part of it to be a part of something that was going to be a part of history, and a lot of these people didn't think that it was going to get violent, but. A lot of them knew it was. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I was saying, like the, like the people like like Cruz and Howley and Green, like, like Green probably obviously or uh, definitely believes it. But Cruz and 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 Howley, do you think they actually really believe that there was something going on, or is they they just trying like to appeal to the space? was going on but they also had the faith and the knowledge that they had security enough security around the white house mm-hmm. to protect them from anything but then we had our own people letting them in right we had security and people this that worked there even representatives letting people in like right 
<clears throat> so in the days leading up to the storming, several organizations that monitored online extremism had been issuing warnings about the event. On December 21st, 2020, a UK political consultant who studies Trump-related extremism tweeted a forecast that of what the planned event of January 6th would become, including deaths. There's, there's a complete study dedicated to Trump-related extremism. So, uh, on December 29th, 2020, the Federal Bureau of Investigation issued at least one bulletin to law enforcement agencies across the country, warning of the potential of armed protesters targeting legislatures. Prior to January 6th, 2021, the local Joint Terrorism Task Force was notified by the FBI of, po of possible impending violence at the Capitol. The Washington Post reported an, inter an internal FBI document on January 5th warned of rioters, rioters preparing to travel to Washington and settling up staging areas in various regional states. The document used the term war to describe the rioters' motive, which mentioned specific violence references, including the blood of Black Lives Matter and Antifa members which isn't a real statement because Antifa doesn't have any members. However, the FBI decided not to distribute a formal intelligence bulletin. Some security specialists later reported they had been surprised that they hadn't received information from the FBI and DHS, DHS before the event. Later reflections about the intelligence failures revealed that surprise <laughs> revealed that surprise that no threat assessments had been issued with possible causes for the failure related to DHS personal changes and law enforcement biases. Uh, the Anti-Defamation League published a January 4th blog post warning about violent rhetoric being exposed by Trump's, Trump supporters leading up to the pro Electoral College vote count, including calls to violently disrupt the counting process. The post said that it was not aware of any credible threats of violence, but noted that if the past is any indication of the combination of an extremist presence at the rallies of the heated nature of the rhetoric suggests that violence is a possibility. Also on January 4th, British security form, firm G4S conducted a risk analysis which found that there would be violent groups in Washington, D.C. between January 6th and Inauguration Day based on online posts advocating for violence. Advanced Democracy... Uh, Advanced Democracy Incorporated, a nonpartisan governance watchdog, found 1,480 posts from accounts related to QAnon that referenced the events of January 6th and the six days leading up to it, including calls for violence. After the um, event of the after the event, members of the Oath Keepers, an anti-government paramilitary group, were indicted on conspiracy charges for allegedly staging a planned mission to the Capitol. So, what do you think so far? You're muted. Sorry. I think it sucks. I think there was so many signs and so much stuff out there to kind of give people a heads up. And I didn't even know about it. Like, I didn't even know about it. I didn't hear about it. I didn't. It's because I don't really pay attention to anything MAGA. I don't really care to hear anything mm -hmm. about it. So I tend to just like. So maybe that's a part of it. Maybe that's part of it because I chose to not see it. Mm -hmm. But it's crazy. And <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. 
but it, I think they, they said that they offered for some extra security at the White House and it was turned away before this uh, happened? I think I think that might be true. I would definitely believe that. Because, I mean, nobody thought that it was going to get this bad, but if I guess you were really paying attention, you kind of would have seen it coming. I don't know. According to the FBI, the DHS, and a couple of these British... British uh, firms, they said that something was coming. Something's coming. So on the evening of January 5th, Trump's closest allies had a meeting at the Trump International Hotel in Washington, D.C. Tommy Tuberville has since stated that he did not attend the meeting, but evidence appears to show otherwise. Because he's a liar. I don't know. A big liar. Pants Mm. on fire. Oh, yeah. Trump's pants are, like, constantly on fire. (laughs) So, Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser, which is a cool name, because uh, it reminds me of the villain from Mario, requested <laughs> on December 31st, 2020, New Year's Eve, that District of Columbia National Guard troops be deployed to support local police during the anticipated demonstrations. In her request, she wrote that the guards would not be armed and that they would be primarily responsible for crowd management. And traffic direction. Allowing police to focus on security concerns. Acting Secretary of Defense Christopher C. Miller approved the request on January 4th, 2021. The approval activated 340 troops with more than 114 to be deployed at any given time. Three days before the riots, the Department of Defense twice offered to deploy the National Guard to the Capitol. But we're told by the United States Capitol Police that it would not be necessary. Nice. Mm. I feel like a lot of the stuff that that people see online, it's kind of hard to tell what's real and what's not going to be. What's what's going to really be end up end up being something bad and what's not. Mm. I think maybe the police tend to not take a whole lot of things seriously, That's and this might have been one of them. That's not good. So, Am I wrong? I mean, they purposely turned away extra support, extra security. I definitely knowing. I mean, I'm assuming they knew all this stuff that may have happened. I mean, it looks that way. It looks definitely looks that way. So three days before the storming, a 12-page report from the Capitol Police Intelligence Unit described that Congress would be the target on the day of Electoral College vote counting, but the report was apparently not shared widely. Hmm. So two days before the storming, Bowser announced that the Metropolitan Police Department of the District of Columbia would lead law enforcement for the event and would be coordinating with the Capitol Police, the U.S. Park Police, and the Secret Service. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, ju- uh, jurisdictionally, MPD is responsible for the city streets of the National Mall and Capitol area, whereas Park Police are responsible for the ellipse, the site of Trump's speech and rally that day. The Secret Service is responsible for the vicinity of the White House, and the police- Capitol Police is responsible for the Capitol complex itself. Got it? Good. So, uh, to be clear, this is a quote. To be clear, the District of Columbia is not requesting other federal law enforcement personnel and discourages any other additional employment without immediate notification to and consult, uh, consultation with MPD if such plans are underway. Bowser wrote in a letter 
to the United States Department of Justice and reproduced this language in a tweet. So, also on January 4th, Capitol Police Chief Stephen Sund was refused additional National Guard support by then House Sergeant at Arms Paul D. Irving. And then Sergeant, uh, Sergeant, uh, Senate Sergeant, Sergeant at Arms Michael C. Stinger, the FBI spoke to over a dozen known extremists and was able to discourage those individuals from traveling to D.C. According to the senior FBI official, the FBI shared information with the Capitol Police in advance of the protest. Mm. Robert Conti, the acting chief of the Metropolitan Police Department of the District of Columbia, said after the event that this that his department had possessed no intelligence indicating the Capitol would be breached. Capitol Police Chief Sund said his department had developed a plan to respond to First Amendment activities, but had not planned for the criminal riotous behavior they encountered. As a result, Capitol Police staffing levels mirrored that of a normal day and officers did not prepare right control equipment. The U.S. Secretary of the Army, Ryan D. McCarthy, said law enforcement agencies estimates the potential size of the crowd calculated in advance of the event vary between 2,000 and 80,000. On January 5th, the National Park Service estimated that 30,000 people would attend the Save America rally based on people already in the area. So what do you think about this? Sorry. Okay. All right. You're going to have to summarize a little bit. Just give me like a couple sentences because I had distractions back here. Oh, really? Well, who, who was talking to you? Kaden. Oh, really? What, what did you want? They want to go get ice cream right now. It's like 10. It's 11 o'clock at night. Dude, that's what I was telling him. The kid has school tomorrow. Why is he up go so late? Go sleep. Go sleep. <laughs> talking about ice cream. I can go get ice cream if I want to, because I'm an adult. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anthony was doesn't help encouraging him. <laughs> okay. So. so somebody has to be the pants in the family. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So basically, what was going on was uh, all these people are telling them that oh no, something's gonna happen, but the police just didn't prepare very well. So basically, what I said, there was just like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm whatever mm-hmm. no no thank you yeah <laughs> so days after the 2020 election on november 9th donald trump fired defense secretary mark esper replacing him with christopher c miller um in january 4th memo miller prohibited deploying dc guard members with weapons helmets body armor and riot control agents without his personal approval so he denied them all that so on January 5th, Security Secretary of the Army Ryan McCarthy issued a memo placing limits in the District of Columbia National Guard. Major General William J. Walker, the commanding general of the D.C. National Guard, later explained, All military commanders normally have immediate response authority to protect property, life, and in any case, federal functions. Federal property and life, but in this instance, I did not have that authority. You're funny. What? What did I do? Get close to the computer. <laughs> he did not have that authority. 
How are you looking at me in my eye? I see you. Okay. So on February, January 5th, several events related to the overturning of the election took place in or around the National Mall. The Washington, D.C. In Washington, D.C., Cindy Chaffian, who founded the 80% Coalition, organized the Rally to Revival, which was permitted to take place at Freedom Plaza, including a rally to save America. On the same day... To, um, on the same day, the Save the Republic rally was organized by Moms for America in the early afternoon at Area 9 across the Russell Senate office building. And the One Nation Under God rally, which was organized by Virginia Women for Trump, Stop the Steal, American Phoenix Project, and Jericho March, took place near the United States Supreme Court. The Silent Majority rally was organized by James Epley and permitted in the North Inner Gravel Walkway between the 13th and 14th Streets within the National Mall. Epley's events took place on January 5th and 6th. At least 10 people were arrested, several on weapons charges, on the night of January 5th and into the morning of January 6th. On January 6th, the wild protest was organized by Stop the Steal and took place on Area 8 across from the Russell Senate office building. On the same day, the Freedom Rally was organized by Virginia Freedom Keepers, Latinos for Trump, and the United Medical Freedom Super PAC at 300 Street, 1st Street Northeast, located across the Russell Senate office building. <sighs> okay, now we're on the day of. Okay, you ready to hear about what happens on the day of? Yes, let's, let's hear it. The Save America Rally, or the March to Save America. Yeah. Took... Save America. <laughs> yeah, I know. Save America from what? Progression? From freaking evolving? That's what conservative... Sure. You know what? That's what conservative means. Conservative yeah. means stuck in tradition, stuck in exactly. the same. That's what that means. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so they really live up to the name. Get out of here. <laughs> So, it took place on January 6th, the ellipse within the National Mall. Trump supporters gathered about a quarter of a mile north of the ellipse where Trump and his lawyer and advisor, Rudy Giuliani, and others such as Chapman University School of Law professor John C. Eastman gave speeches. Giuliani repeated conspiracy theories that voting machines used in the election were crooked and called for Trial by combat. Representative Mo Brooks told the crowd, Today is the day American patriots start taking down names and kicking booty. <laughs> Representative Madison Cawthorn said, This crowd has some fight. Amy Kramer, Amy Kramer told attendees, It is up to you and I to save this republic. He ca and called on them to keep up the fight. Trump's sons, Don Jr. and Eric, also spoke, naming and verbally attacking Republican congressmen and senators who were not supporting the effort to challenge the Electoral College vote and promising to, to campaign against them in future primary elections. No honor among thieves. So what do you think about all that, all, this, all these speeches that they were talking about here? You're muted. Oh, sorry. They're just crazy. They're just trying to get everybody all riled up. Yeah, there's there's no way. Do you think that they incited this this riot? 
mean, they all did. They yeah. all played a big freaking part in it. Mm-hmm. So when Trump gave a speech from behind a glass barrier, declaring that he would never concede the election, criticizing the media and calling for Pence to overturn the election results, something outside Pence's constitutional power. This speech contained many falsehoods and misrepresentations that inflamed the crowd. Trump did not overly, over, over, uh, overtly call on his supporters to use violence to, or enter the Capitol, but his speech was filled with violent imagery, and the Trump and Trump suggested that his supporters had the power to prevent Biden from taking office somehow. I don't know. Trump called for his supporters to walk down to the Capitol to cheer on our brave senators and congressmen and women. And we're probably and we're probably not going to be cheering so much for some of them. <laughs> he told the crowd that the, he told the crowd that he'd be going with them. As to the counting of Biden's electoral electoral votes, Trump said we can't let that happen and suggested that Biden would be an illegitimate president. Referring to the day of the of the elections, Trump said most people would stand there at nine in the evening and say. I want to thank you very much, and they go off to some other life. And I said, something's wrong here. Something's really wrong. It can't have happened. And we fight. We fight like poop. <laughs> and if you don't fight like poop, you're going to give, you're not going to have a country anymore. He said the protesters would be going to the Capitol, and we're going to try to give the Republicans the kind of pride and boldness that they need to take back our country. Trump also said, you'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength, and you have to be strong. We, <laughs> we have to come and demand that Congress do the right thing and only count the electors that have been legal, lawfully slated. So what do you think about that speech? He's a piece of work. Mm-hmm. It's, sure it's, it sounds like like a dad who's telling he's teaching his son that violence is the answer. Mm-hmm. Gotta teach him. Mm-hmm. That if if a kid punches you, you have to punch him back. That sounds like that kind of thing. Yeah. So he announced Representative Liz Cheney, stating that we've got to get rid of the weak Congress people, the ones that aren't any good, the Liz Cheneys of the world. He called upon his supporters to fight much harder against bad people. <laughs> Told the crowd that you are allowed to go by very different rules. Said that his supporters were not going to take it any longer. Fla framed the statement <laughs> as the last stand. Suggested that Pence and other Republican officials put themselves in danger by accepting Biden's victory. And told the crowd that he would march with them to the Capitol. Although he didn't do that. Surprise. In addition to the 20 times that he used the term fight, Trump used the term, once used the term peacefully, saying, I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Before Trump had finished speaking, some supporters began moving up the National Mall, telling others that they were storming the Capitol. Okay. So now, so what do you think about that whole thing? So now he's all riled up. Mm -hmm. So, 
11 a.m. January 6th, 2020. The, con <laughs> the concurrent and concurrent with events happening in and around the U.S. Capitol, a rally of Trump. 2021, right? Huh? 2021. Yeah. Um, a rally of Trump supporters filled the ellipse, which, lo which is located south of the White House grounds and about 1.6 miles from the Capitol. Coming from the White House, Trump addressed the rally from noon to 1.10 p.m., encouraging his crowd to walk down Pennsylvania Avenue to the Capitol. Members of the crowd began walking toward the Capitol in a steady stream before he finished speaking. At the end of his speech... Trump returned to the White House. Meanwhile, another crowd of Trump supporters had gathered outside the Capitol, began clashing with the police and pushing toward the belt to the building. The crowd walking up Pennsylvania Avenue and the ellipse merged with the crowd at the Capitol. A reliable estimate of the total size of the crowd cannot be uh, ascertained, saying that aerial photos are not permitted in Washington, D.C. for reasons of security. The crowd was estimated to be in the thousands. Mm -hmm. So the Capitol grounds Senator, <laughs> on the Capitol grounds, Senator Josh Howley, a leader of the group of lawmakers who vo vowed to challenge the Electoral College vote, greeted protesters with a raised fist as he passed on by on his way to the joint session of Congress in, er in the early afternoon. That's a very famous picture right now. It's a very widespread picture. Um, I don't have it on hand, but I'm sure everyone's seen it. You've seen it, right, Jessica? I don't know. Well, look up. Just look at like Josh Howard. Which dude is it again with the raised fist? It was uh, Howley. Is he one of the writers? What? No, he was a congressman. He... Uh, no, he's a senator. Nah. He's a senator. I, I don't know. I've seen it. Okay. Um, so around 1 p.m., uh, hundreds of Trump supporters clashed with officers and pushed through barriers along the perimeter of the Capitol. Federal officials estimate that about 800 people entered the building. The crowd swept past barriers and officers with some members of the mob spraying officers with chemical agents or hitting them with lead pipes. Although many, of ri many rioters simply walked to the doors of the Capitol, some resorted to ropes and makeshift ladders. Representative Zoe Lofgren, aware that the rioters had reached the Capitol steps, was unable to reach Stephen's son by phone. House Sergeant-at-Arms Paul D. Irving told Lofgren the doors to the Capitol were locked and nobody can get in. A short time afterwards, the Capitol Police requested reinforcements from the D.C. Metropolitan Police, who, who arrived within 15 minutes. So now things are getting out of hand. So, <clears throat> uh, meanwhile, Sund at 1.09 p.m. called Irving and Stenger and, call, and asked them for an emergency declaration required to call in the National Guard. They both told Sund that they would run it up the chain. <laughs> Irving called back with formal approval an hour later. At 1.50 p.m., on the scene, Capitol Police Commander declared a riot. At one. 58 p.m., Capitol Police officers removed a barricade on the northeast side of the Capitol. So, yeah, a lot of things going on. Mm -hmm. Alright, so, just after 2 p.m., windows were broken through. The mob 
the mob. Wait, let me check this one thing. Okay, so the mob, uh, just after 2 p.m., windows were broken through, and the mob breached the building and entered the national security hall or stationary hall. The, as rioters began to storm the Capitol and other nearby buildings, some buildings in the complex were evacuated. Outside of the building, the mob constructed a gallows and tied a noose to it and punctured the tires of a police vehicle and left a note saying, Pelosi is Satan on the windshield. They're so stupid. Yeah, I know. Political... Pelosi is Satan yeah. because she's trying to get people to see past the conservative. Right. She's Satan. It's yeah, so she's not... She's not doing what I wanted her to do, so therefore she's evil. Let me see. Um, Politico reported some rioters briefly showing their police badges or military identification to law enforcement as they approached the Capitol, expecting, therefore, to be let inside. Capitol Police officer told BuzzFeed that one rioter told him, We're doing this for you, as he flashed a badge. So... So concerned about the approaching mob, Representative Maxine Waters called Capitol Police Chief Stephen Sund, who was not on Capitol grounds but uh, but at the police department's headquarters. When asked what the Capitol Police were doing to stop the rioters, Sund told Waters, we're doing the best we can before the line went dead. Mm. Sounds like you're not doing the best you can. (laughs) Sounds like you're not doing anything at all. Mm -hmm. In many cases... Those who stormed the Capitol appeared to employ tactics, body armor, and technology such as two-way radio headsets that were similar to those of the very police they were confronting. Several rioters carried plastic handcuffs, possibly with the intention of using them to take hostages. Some of the rioters carried Confederate battle flags or Nazi emblems, the most American thing that they can think of. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get how they can call themselves American patriots and have things that are the opposite of American. Exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Nobody nobody else that's that's not I I, I hate to say it, but Caucasian or white mm. is okay to be here. Yeah. That's so ass backwards. Mm-hmm. Like what the fuck are they thinking? Whatever. You know that white people were not the first people to live here. Yeah, I know. If anything, the white people are the immigrants. They are. They are the ones that came over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Stupid. Okay, so... uh, hmm? Back to freak elementary school. Oh, you told them. High five. (laughs) Okay. Some rioters wore riot gear, including helmets, military-style vests, and for the first time in U.S. history... A Confederate battle flag was displayed inside the Capitol. Christian imagery and rhetoric was prevalent. Rioters carried crosses and signs says, saying Jesus saves and Jesus 2020. I really do not think Jesus would approve. <laughs> I don't think so either. Yeah. So, <coughs> no way. So on the National Mall, rioters chanted, Christ is King. One rioter who stormed the building into the building carried a Christian flag. I bet it's the, yeah, it's the Protestant one. Rioters referred to the neo-fascist Proud Boys as God's Warriors. These were mainly neo-charismatic prophetic Christians who practiced their faith 
outside of the mainstream denominations who believe that Trump is the Messiah or that he was anointed, anointed by God to save the Christian religion, Americans from religious persecution. That doesn't exist. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't get what they're, I don't get their thing. They're thinking. So although a few evangelical leaders supported the riots, most condemned the violence and criticized Trump for inciting the crowd. The, this criticism came from liberal Christian groups such as Red Letter Christians as well as evangelical groups who are generally supportive of Trump. This criticism did not affect evangelical support for Donald Trump. Investigative journalist Sarah Posner, author of Unholy, argues that many white evangel evangelical Christians in the U.S. create an echo chamber whereby Trump's missteps are blamed on the Democratic Party leftists or the mainstream media oh the last of which being viewed as especially untrustworthy so what's your opinion on that why do you think the why do you think he has such a hold on these these religious christians i don't know i really don't know and he could do no wrong in nobody's eyes in, in any of their eyes it doesn't matter what he did what he said it was never wrong well, that's no good. That's no bueno. <sighs> yeah, I'm pretty sure Jesus would not approve any of this because he was very anti-violence. Mm -hmm. While debate over the Arizona direct, uh, Electoral College votes continued, an armed police officer entered the Senate chamber, positioned facing the back entrance of the chamber. Pence handed the floor to Senator uh, uh, Kirsten Sinema to Senator James Langford, Moments later, Pence was escorted out by members of the Secret Service. The rioters began to climb the stairs toward the Senate chamber. A lone Capitol Police officer, Eugene Goodman, worked, worked to slow the mob down as he radioed that they had reached the second floor. Um, just steps uh, from the still unsealed Senate chamber doors, the rioters instead followed the Capitol Police officer, leading them back away from the Senate banging that banging could be heard from outside as people attempted to breach the doors as langford was speaking the senate was gaveled into recess and the doors were locked at 2 15 p.m a minute later the rioters reached the gallery outside the chamber a police officer carrying a semi-automatic weapon appeared on the floor and stood between senate majority leader mitch mcconnell and senate minority leader chuck schumer senate senator mitt romney exasperatedly threw up his hands and directly criticized several fellow Republicans who were challenging President-elect Biden's electoral votes, yelling to them, this is what you've gotten, guys. Mm -hmm. several, members, <laughs> several members of the of Senate parliamentarian Elizabeth McDonough's staff carried the boxes of electoral college votes and documentation out of the chamber to hidden safe rooms within the building. So let's see that, that video of of when they were like put into recess. Okay. And it will stay in recess until the call of the chair. We'll pause. Thank you. Okay, so right now they're taking Pence out. Um, they're evacuating everybody. 
my attention to these amazing gentlemen, the mob, and then blah, 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 blah. We, we do have an emergency. Safe. Please remain in your seats. I'll get more info to you as soon as we get more. Okay. So that's it. The audio, they cut off the audio, um, like, near the beginning of that. So, okay. what do you think about that whole thing? Scary. It's scary to know that if they didn't act as fast as they did, that something could have happened. Oh, yeah. If it wasn't for this guy, what was his name? Oh, Eugene Goodman. If it wasn't for Eugene Goodman, who led them away from the chamber, then something really bad would have happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I believe uh, Goodman became like I believe he was like the bodyguard of Harris during the uh, during the inauguration because yeah. of, of his actions that day. <clears throat> so Trump tweeted that Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done at two twenty four p.m. <laughs> what what would you so say that? <laughs> like how he. Attempted to throw him under the bus. Attempted to make him look bad. Attempted to make him look like he chose to not do what Trump was asking of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would have been pissed off at him, too. I would have been just like, I'm talking about Pence to Trump. I was mm-hmm. like, nope. I'm surprised that he, if he, that <laughs> Trump literally tried to get him killed. And he's still like, I don't know if we should impeach him, guys. I don't know. Come on. He tried to have you killed. They wanted him dead. Jessica. He wanted him dead. How can you be all like, I don't know if we should do this, guys. I feel like I feel like he just wanted to be done with it. And now that he's out of office, he's just like, okay, that's it. He's gone. He's over. Just leave it alone. But mm. it's that's not that's not how this works, man. I don't think we can leave this alone. This is not something we no. can just let slide. Mm-hmm. We cannot let this slide. <laughs> yeah, that, that that bird will not caw. <laughs> okay, so afterwards, Trump followers on far-right social media called for Pence to be hunted down, and the mob began chanting, Where is Pence? And find Mike Pence. Outside, the mom chanted, Hang Mike Pence. Which, in which some crowds continue to chant as they storm the Capitol. At least three rioters were overheard by a reporter saying that they wanted to find Pence and execute him as a traitor by hanging him from a tree outside the building. All buildings in the complex were subsequently locked down with no entry or exit from the crowd buildings allowed. Capitol staff were asked to, to move into offices and lock their doors and windows. Those outside were advised to seek cover. As the mob roamed, Capitol lawmakers, aides, and staff took shelter in offices and closets. Aides to Mitch McConnell, barricaded in a room just just off a hallway, heard a rioter outside the door praying loudly, asking for the evil of Congress to be brought to an end. The rioters entered and ransacked the office of the Senate parliamentarian. So, with senators still in the chamber, Trump reached Senator Tommy Tuberville by phone and told him to do more to block the counting of Biden's electoral votes. (laughs) Jeez. The call had been cut off when the Senate chamber was evacuated by 2.30 p.m. After evacuation, 
The mob briefly took control of the chamber with some armed and armored men carrying plastic handcuffs and some posing with raised fists on the Senate dais that Pence had left minutes earlier. Pence's wife, Karen, daughter Charlotte Pence Bond, and brother Greg Pence, a member of the House, uh, who were in the Capitol at the time it was attacked. So as Pence and his family were being escorted from the Senate chamber to nearby hideaway, they came within a minute of being visible to rioters on the staircase only 500 feet away. So they barely missed them. So let's see like a video of people like leaving. Okay, so they're in like some kind of tunnel underneath what looks I think this is the Capitol and they're walking. I, I, they filmed this on like the lowest quality. They had they they filmed this in like 240p <laughs> for some reason. Um, okay, they're going into Longworth, the Longworth building. Um, okay, now we're in some kind of like corridor area. It looks more businessy and less like a tunnel. Cannon. Now they're on Cannon. They're in the Cannon House office building. Yep, and that's that's that. Okay, so that's them walking across like the corridors and stuff. <clears throat> so Sergeant in Arms of the Senate uh, of the Senate, Mitchell C. Stinger occupied a group of senators, including Lindsey Graham and Joey, Joe Manchin, Manchin, to secure location in the Senate office building. Once safe, the officers were furious with Stanger. Graham asked him, how does this happen? How does this happen? And added that they are not going to be run out by a mob. It looks like they already did, were. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but that's not going to stop them from doing their job, like... Even if it pauses it, it's not going to stop it from happening. Oh, yeah. They're going to, they, they did it anyway. They were up to like 3 a.m. doing that it. That was the, half of the point to stop it from happening. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's what they wanted to do. Um, that was the they, initial thing. Um, and that is where we'll end today. Okay. And we'll be, be back with part two in a fortnight. Whatever that means. A fortnight means two weeks. Well, they gotta say two weeks because people don't know what that means. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> Some like people are like, you mean that game on the PC with exactly. the dances? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, what is your <laughs> what's your opinion on everything that we've discussed today? <laughs> I mean, if you really look at it from the outside looking in from the beginning of this whole thing he incited rage he incited violence he incited racism he incited 
so much of the negative. And to be honest, a lot of it is stuff that people had already in them. And it was just an open invitation to let your crazy out is what it seemed like. And when their fearless leader was on the way out, they did what what it seems like you would think would happen. Like they rioted, they went crazy. They did with what they thought they had to do in order for their fearless leader to not be gone. Right. So it was kind of like um, a, a, an effect from the beginning. It started like this and then it just increasingly got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. So yeah, Trump gave America permission to be their best worst selves. Mm-hmm. So out, out and about mm-hmm. in public. Yeah. And now that he is gone from public office, do you think that that has kind of simmered down? I feel like it has. I feel like it has. I don't wake up in the morning anymore. Like, Oof, what did he say now? Or oh, what's happening? But you know, like it was like that for so long. We would just wake up like, oh God. And now you can breathe a breath of freaking relief. And it's nice to have a president that <laughs> that has class, that knows what they're doing, that is really taking action for not just certain people. But for everybody. Mm -hmm. And he said that on the campaign trail. He said he was not going to view people as Republicans or Democrats. He was just going to review everyone as Americans. And that's what we need. Yep. Mm -hmm. And that's the way it should be. But people don't agree with it because of their their beliefs. And I guess that's on them. I mean, you can't Mm -hmm. can't make people change the way they are, change the way they think and what they believe in. You just got to hope that in the end, it's it's okay for everybody. Right. It turns out okay for everybody. Yeah. Like, it's been a month, or like maybe a couple weeks, and I'm still waiting for Biden to turn America socialist, so. <laughs> right? I'm still waiting for that. You know, I don't know why people thought that he was going to shut the country down for like a month. I don't think that's his goal. I don't think that's what he's trying to do. I think, what was it? He's just trying to get everybody to wear masks again. Like, at mm-hmm. least for a certain amount of time. That was a mandate yeah. that he put out there. People just aren't listening. They just don't give a shit. <clears throat> yeah, I think America has... Texas is another thing. Oh. Texas is a problem, too. Yeah. Our our leaders are are pushing against those, those mandates, too. Yeah. I remember that Biden, they, they, uh, they blocked Biden's order to stop deportations, and they were like, "Yay, we did it! Yay, we're gonna kick these kids out. Damn. Who needs them?" And they're like, are, are, "Isn't your family from another country?" Shut up, you! I told you never to tell that to anyone. Um, so yeah, like, uh. Like especially what's going on in Iowa. Did you hear what was going on in Iowa? What's going on in Iowa? The newly elected governor, like, lifted all coronavirus like precautions. 
So basically, it's not happening over there. Yeah. There's no COVID in Iowa. Yeah. She just lifted everything. Masks, don't need them. Social distancing, don't need it. All of that kind of stuff. So, okay. That's dumb. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, us America, America definitely did. I do believe that America did adapt very well to the coronavirus and everything. We just need to follow those adaptations. Mm-hmm. People are just don't don't want to follow it. Nope. Yeah, because don't. yeah, because us Americans, we we're very we we're a very you can't tell us what to do type of people. Um, Tell me about it. Everybody I know is like that. It's like, come on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I want to stay safe because I don't want. I don't want to be super, super selfish. It's kind of selfishy. It is. Yeah, and I think like Biden's main, his main, like like prime like his main objective right now in terms of the. The virus is to get the vaccine out to as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. As fast as possible. And he's doing it. I I got my vaccine scheduled for Wednesday in a couple days. So that's going to be good. I'm looking forward to that. I haven't got mine scheduled yet. But my company, my... um... My employer has offered to pay for all vaccines for anybody that wants it. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Um, I know my boyfriend had a reaction, but I feel like it was partly um, stuff that was going on with him personally. Mm-hmm. Like, that had nothing to do with the actual vaccine. Yeah. So, it's hard for me to gauge what side effects I might have. I feel like I might get sick for like the first day or something. You- but I think that's about it. You're probably just going to get a headache or something. That's what my dad said he experienced when he got the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Um, if but you have... I'm thinking I'm waiting it out just a little bit more. I think I will end up getting it eventually, but I'm just going to wait it out a little bit. All right. That's up to you. No, I will. Mm-hmm. But just not yet. All right. That's up to you. <laughs> it's your call. Um, it is. Yeah, it is. I didn't say it wasn't. <laughs> and I'm saying it is. Yeah, I'm saying it is too. Shut up. <laughs> also, today was the Super Bowl, so good good job. Good job. Yeah, good, good job. job killing the Super Bowl. <laughs> what? Super Bowl trash bowl. What? Why? Are you just... Apparently it was trash, you told me. Oh, yeah, I thought you were just saying, like, oh, the Super Bowl is for losers and nerds. Oh, no. See, I don't even care about the game. I think uh, people that aren't fans of football tend to watch this one just for the commercials and the Super Bowl, the halftime Super Bowl yeah, performance. Yeah, the, 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 the halftime performance was very nice. The weekend performed it this year, which was really fun. Um, usually they have a couple of like a featured artist come in, but I guess they didn't do that this year because they wanted to keep it like low profile. Um, and I do enjoy watching the commercials in terms of like the marketing and the filmmaking style, which mm-hmm. is really fun. Even though sometimes it's kind of like, 
<laughs> you, you're watching this like inspirational thing. It's like we could come together, come together as America, and then it turns out it was like a Toyota commercial, and they just want to sell you a car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Budweiser pulled out of it for the first time in thirty something years. For, to donate the money that they would usually use for a commercial to COVID vaccines and stuff like that. I thought they had a. I thought I thought they had a Super Bowl commercial. They had a Bud Light commercial. And Not Budweiser, but I know it's the same company. It's the same company. They usually, it's the Clydesdale commercial that they usually do. So that's the one they didn't do this uh, year. Oh, okay. They usually they have. I know Bud Bud Light is like one of the biggest, most anticipated ones because they have like the best ones. Um, and let me think. Oh yeah, they had the the parent company did a commercial too. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, congratulations to the Buccaneers and Brady and all those guys for winning the Super Bowl and completely annihilating the Chiefs, thirty-one <laughs> to nine. They just like dragged them through the mud. Dang. They just kicked their booties. But um, my favorite one, I really like the Wayne's World one. Um, oh, yeah. I didn't see it, I didn't see it so I didn't yeah. see anything. Yeah, it was actually, I think it was a, it was an Uber Eats commercial. Um, and it was with, uh, it was with Mike Myers and Dana, what was his name? Dana, Dana Salvig, Dana, what was his name? Carvey? Data Carvey, yeah. It was Data Carvey, Mike Myers reprising their roles roles as Wayne and Garth, and they had okay. Cardi B in it. Um, and I'm not saying that because I low-key have a crush on Cardi B. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Why? Are you serious? I know she's married. I'm just kidding. It's, it's, a, it's an innocent You're celebrity crush. Huh? You're not kidding. Why? Okay. I'm like, wop, wop, wop. Get out of here. <laughs> I know she's buried. It's just an innocent thing. Um, but yeah, that's that. <laughs> I think the uh, the Amazon Alexa commercial was really funny with uh, Michael B. Jordan. Um, where where uh, this lady was like, I cannot think of a better vessel for the alexa to be in when he's talking she's talking about the echo and then she sees a poster of michael b jordan and then she just fantasized michael b jordan doing alexa things what? i thought that was pretty funny <laughs> though i think also another one of my favorite ones was um the doritos commercial with uh matthew mcconaughey so i think that one was really fun where he was okay. like flat where he was like super flat I told you I didn't see any of uh, these commercials. I didn't see the game. Yeah, but some of the listeners might. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> so, but those were my favorite ones. Those are some of my favorite ones. Um, so yeah, that was that was it. Congratulations to the Buccaneers again. Um, Jessica didn't watch it because she's a hater. And <laughs> Jessica. Nah, 
Did I, you? I couldn't get it on my TV, so she and it's not a, it's not important. She couldn't, here, so. she couldn't figure out how to access free, a free channel. Yeah, I don't have a. I guess my antenna thingy is not a thingy over here. Right. There's nothing plugged into the TV, and I don't have it plugged into the wall. So I guess maybe that's why it doesn't work. Right. The antenna. Yes, the TV's plugged into the wall. I know that's how it works, but I it's like the cable, the cable thing. I don't know if you're supposed to have it plugged into the wall, even if you don't have cable. Is that how that works? I think I, you I, do. I think you do in order to like power the TV because the TV is no, to be powered. Dummy, <laughs> I'm talking about the cable cord. Even if you don't have cable. Does that work the same just to get the free channels? I don't know. I didn't think it did. That's why I didn't bother trying. I, I don't thought know. you had to have cable for the actual cable to work. But I, I could. I, don't know. I mean, it's worth a try. I have um, to find the cords. But I swear we had it connected without my. Without that being connected. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Because we were able to watch regular channels for a little while we were able to see thanksgiving um football game and some of the masked singer shows and then it just it stopped working i don't i don't know if that's what happened if we took the cord off i have no idea that might be it because those are like free channels they don't like expire or anything <clears throat> because the masked singer is on fox which is a free channel Right, right. Um, so, yeah. Uh, do you want to show us your, your shirt? <laughs> I think people say it. Cobra Kai! Cobra Kai! Are you, are you Cobra Kai? There's no, no mercy? No. <laughs> no? I like this show, but I don't like, I don't like, Cobra Cry with Creasy. <laughs> the villainous man. Oh, you mean Crease? Creasy. <laughs> Is that what you call him? Creasy? Mm hmm Are you hoping I for... Like him. I'm hoping for Hillary Swank to come in season four. Kick his butt? Yeah. Okay, you want Hillary Swank to kick his butt? Yeah. I mean, like, since the show is on Netflix now, and Swank has her own show on Netflix, so I'm sure that they could work something out. Mm-hmm. So... Yep, so that was the storming part one. So we haven't even gone into the next next episode. We are going to go into um, going into like the pipe bombs, the uh, Trump's conducts uh, during the riot, the congressional conduct during the riot, the law enforcement and National Guard response, and the completion of the electoral vote count. Um, and then we'll go on to the aftermath if we have time, because there is like a lot, a lot, a lot, uh, especially. And I think aftermath is still happening. It's still going on. Yeah. yeah. Like, despite it only happening like a month ago, there is like a bunch of information that that that's available. Um, so we're going to try to do that. We're going to see how much we can cover next time uh, in a fortnight, which is two weeks. <laughs> so that's that's that i've been nathaniel avila and i've been jessica vegan no you haven't you have not i have so no you haven't 
<laughs> as soon as I press the stop the stop record button, you will cease to be at Jessica Vega. Mm. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to a Vision Podcast, home of wacky talkies. The kingdom, evil exists, and many more.